The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning, this podcast will not contain bad language. It won't contain content that people will find offensive. So listener discretion is not advised. Enjoy yourself. Get a cup of tea. Take your kids. This is like the the inroad to Seesaw. But if you are getting your kids to listen to Seesaw, make sure it's only this and the TED Talks, which are also clean, because nothing else is clean. Yeah, there's not even a single in this episode. Welcome to Seesaw Podcast with Team Cleaves. Each week, offered up a blurry perspective on life. Welcome, everyone, back to Seesaw. We have got another guest who said we're not productive. Me. Guests for days. So, this time around, we're just going to jump straight into it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited about this one. It's going to be awesome. Yep. So, we have Sam Seavey from The Blind Life, a channel on YouTube about accessible tech, and as he would say, living your best blind life. Really happy to get him. So, hope you enjoy. It's been a long time in the making, but he's a very, very busy man. And we finally nailed him down. And it is the one and only Sam from The Blind Life. Hi, Sam. Hey, guys. Yeah, we finally, we're making it happen. It's, yeah. it's incredible. <laughs> no, it's, we've wanted you on for, for a long time. Um, like there's not many... VIPs in the space with as much of, dare we say it's a dirty word, influence. That's a bit yes. of a dirty word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I'm an influencer. It's okay until someone comes back and says, I bought this product because you said it was good and it's crap. I'm like, well, I'm not an influencer. <laughs> I shouldn't have influenced you. So Sam, if you wouldn't mind, are you happy to sort of say what your, your visual impairment is? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I have Stargardt's disease, which is uh, basically early onset macular degeneration. So no central vision, pretty uh, terrible peripheral. Oh, that's not that bad, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I don't do well with certain colors and I have night blindness. So that, that's it in a nutshell. So a bit of a mixed bag then, isn't it? Like, I mean, it sounds like very similar to what I have and Cleves. Like, except for the peripheral and the, the central flips. So if you get on then, Sam, how, um, I ask how you sort of got into tech, like specifically over other things? Well, um, you know, I was, I was diagnosed at age 11. So I've, I've been using assistive technology throughout school and all of that. And, um, I've, you know, I guess being, a red blood and American male, um, I love <laughs> technology. So, I just kind of fell into it really. So specifically assistive technology. Well, I had a channel prior to my own channel. I, I worked on a channel called mobile tech videos and I um, made videos about Android systems, Android phones, Android tablets, the company I worked with, they would send me out the latest devices and I would review them and I would do reviews of apps and things like that. 
Um, so that got me even more interested in technology and specifically mobile technology and how helpful it could be. That introduced me to, oh, people will just send me devices and I get to play with them and, and you know, and talk about it. This is this is nice. I could get used to this. And so I kind of, kind of just kept rolling with it. And um, yeah, but then, you know, assistive technology, it's what I've been using forever. Uh, and in 2016, I got a job as an AT trainer at a nonprofit. And um, so suddenly I was surrounded by all this amazing technology and had the channel and had a way to share it with people. And so that's, that's basically how it all started. So if someone's newly blind, then is there anything that you would recommend tech wise for them? Well, it depends, you know, we have to kind of clarify the, the term blind. Okay. Where on the yeah. spectrum is this person following, following? Let, um, let's say they've gone total then. If they're new to it, I really recommend learning the Braille and finding some kind of device that for that, some type of Braille display. But really, you know, the smartphone is honestly probably the best assistive technology device we have right now. And because I come from an Android background, but I'm also, um, I have an iPhone, I have an iPad, I have an Android as well. I, 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 I have both so that I know how to train on both. I'm a big fan of both. I, I don't have a preference. I have, you know, depending on level of vision loss, there's ones that I recommend over the other. My, my biggest philosophy though is, you know, get whatever you can afford. That should be the main uh, criteria is, you know, if, if you can't afford a thousand, $1,500 iPhone 13, whatever, uh, it doesn't matter how awesome it is. You know, let's, let's take a look at some Androids that are more affordable, but cause either way, whatever you get, you'll be successful with it. I mean, they both have benefits and they both have negatives and, you know, they're both frustrating and they're both awesome. So you'll be okay with whatever you get, but, um, that probably the, the main thing I would recommend is is get a smartphone, learn how to use it. You mentioned Braille initially and learning Braille. Do you think at any point that Braille has become somewhat redundant because of technology? Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. You, you brought it up. I just I was just asking. This is when they come out with the pitchforks and again, you don't have to think well and just <laughs> I have my own personal opinions. And I always have to preface it by saying, this is just my opinion. Don't come at me. All right. This is just my opinion. Everybody is entitled to it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, if, if, if it's a, a child who's totally blind, then absolutely they need to learn Braille. It's there's, there's no way to, to learn literacy if you're totally blind as a child and you, you didn't have, you know, you didn't learn uh, literacy visually, then you have to learn Braille. There's just no way to get around it. If you're an adult and lose your vision, uh, you know, it's arguable if you need Braille, despite what I just said a minute ago, because the technology is so amazing these days with, you know, text to speech and all of this and speech to text. It's, it's arguable that you don't need it. I, I am continuing, continuing to lose my vision. I started diagnosed at age 11 and I've never learned Braille and I don't plan on learning Braille. I don't think I need it personally. But I think it's a decision that everybody has to make for themselves. That's absolutely fair. I mean, my, my sight will go eventually. And I can't really see a situation where I will use Braille given what I have at my disposal now. It's not something that I think is really going to be that helpful to me. But yeah. other people might love it. And they do. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, there are some diehard Braille people out there. That's kind of my situation. I'm not supposed to lose my vision completely, knock on wood. You know, my progression degeneration is so slow that I will die long before that happens. But there are certain situations like there aren't many, but like getting into an elevator, man, it would be easy to, it would be nice to just reach down and feel the braille instead of having to squat down and get real close to the buttons, you know, looking for a hotel room door, a number, you know, if I could just feel the, the number plaque and feel the, the braille and read it that way really quickly, rather than, you know, getting a magnifier or pulling out my phone to take a picture and zoom in or using some type of app. Yes, I can do all that, it, it, but it's, it would be much quicker if I could just reach up and feel it like, no, that's not it. Keep going. No, how, how would you know where the handle was or like the, the plaque was? Process of elimination and deductive reasoning and all that. Usually it's either on the right side or the left side of the door. You find the door. This is for totally blind. You find the door and then it's usually going to be about head high, either on one side or the other, usually the right side. It, to be um, fair, when I made that point, you're also going to have the same issue, aren't you? If you use like an app or whatever, you're still going to have to find the thing that you need to read. Yeah. So. There's some cool apps that have... Uh, you know, a lot of apps will do the text to speech, but there's some apps that have like a, a find function where you tell it the text that you want it to find. And then you scan the room and it will beep and lead you to that text. I think that's super helpful and something I haven't seen on very many apps. I could see that being helpful in a lot of situations. Personally, if I go to a rest rest stop or excuse me, um, an airport and I'm looking for the bathroom, I can tell that these two doors here, these are bathrooms. But I can, I have to get up close to the sign, like embarrassingly close to see if it's a little guy or the little girl, you know. But if I could just say men and point my camera at it and it tells me, leads me to the sign that says men on it, that'd be super helpful. That, that does sound really helpful. And Cleves wouldn't ever use that because he's a, a single bachelor and he wants to tie any situation he can to, to meet some nice ladies. So I think he just has to <laughs> guess. Sounds- so creepy. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm a poor blind man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's like, if we go on from sort of what you said about smartphones, do you think that the world has changed? Well, obviously it's changed, but from when you were growing up, when we were growing up, like how much do you think technology has had such an impact on visually impaired and blind people? Oh, it's, it's insane. You know, you can't even quantify how much it's changed. So I, I grew up, I'm probably older than you guys. I grew up in the, um, I was born in 75. So late seventies, eighties, really my childhood was uh, mid eighties to mid nineties. But when I was going to school, I had large print books, crazy, crazy large print books. In fact, one textbook was split up into about four or five volumes of this large print book. <laughs> And it opened up sideways and the page folded out kind of like the, the centerfold of the old Playboy magazine. That's how it folded <laughs> out. <laughs> That's what I always remember it. And so I would have to, you know, you'd have to know what section of the book you were working on that day because you wanted to bring the right volume to class. You didn't want to carry all five of these volumes because they're huge. And then I had a four-sided track tape player that uh, I could record notes and that was even later towards my, you know, in high school um, days, that's when I had that tape player. I had a monocular, I, but I still had to be sitting up in the front row. And I was the weird kid that had all this, this weird stuff. So nowadays, fast forward to current days when a kid could have 
all of their textbooks on an iPad or a Chromebook. I mean, that's that's how kids are these days. They use a Chromebook. So you could have all your stuff on there. You could use the accessibility built in to access all of that. You, If you needed to see the front, see the, the teacher at the front there, you could use some type of digital magnification device with the camera that could articulate and point up towards the teacher or point over to the, the person next to you doing the test, whatever you want to do. These are the tips. These are the tips. Never been easier. In, insider pro tip. <laughs> With technology being so cool and interesting these days, it's much, much less likely that the kid is the weird kid now. Now they're the cool kid with the cool gadget that can spy on the teacher and all, and all the stuff. And um, so, I, you know, it's, it's crazy to think about how it's changed from back then till now. And just the fact that, you know, at, an, at any point I can access any information in the world <laughs> through yeah. my phone, through this tiny little device in my pocket, and I can do that accessibly you know i can I, I have the same access to that stuff arguably for the most part that anybody else does it's it's crazy i can't imagine i do a whole presentation on technology and how it's changed and uh one of the first slides that i have shows a bunch of black and white photos of you know these little house on the prairie kind of days where a house out on a field and, and, you know, your horse and buggy out there and your nearest neighbor is a couple miles away. And once a week you have to hitch up the horse and go into town for supplies. I can't imagine how horrible that would have been if you were blind back then, (laughs) how isolating that would have been no access to anything. So we're truly living in the best time in history for blindness. I'd never really thought about that before. The fact that technology is actually normalizing people uh, with visual impairments. Yeah. Well, things are, have definitely changed. Okay, so loaded question, Sam. There's assistive technology out there for, you name it, there's something for it. And there's mm. stuff coming up all the time. But is there anything that stands out in your mind that you think, that is ridiculous, and when will I ever need that? Or when will any vision-impaired or blind person ever need that? Ah, uh, let's see. <laughs> Go through my mental <laughs> Rolodex of companies I, I don't want to upset here. Um no, no. I there's a lot of companies, a lot of startups, usually out of Israel, which is funny to me that so many just brilliant people apparently come out of Israel where they're trying to replace the cane, replace the white cane. And despite the fact that the cane has been around for millennia, you know, if this is this isn't like something we came up with 100 years ago. This is I I I've done a video about the history of the white cane and where it came from and all that. And I mean, we've been using canes and sticks, walking sticks, blind people have since bib- biblical times. So this is nothing new. This is a a tried and true technology that works. You know, it's just like why reinvent the wheel? It's not broken, don't don't fix it. But people want to say, well, we can do something better using like cameras and haptics and all of this stuff. But there's the problem is, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Braille. These companies will, there's a, there's a, there's a common theme where they, they want to put a camera, somehow use a camera, and then some type of haptic enabled clothing, which I love the idea of haptics in clothing, haptics, basically vibration, you know, and using that in clothing to alert someone of something. Once again, I, I do a presentation on the future of assistive technology, and that's one of the areas I think could be really cool, not just for 
blind people, but you know, consumer electronics or consumers as well, um, the average consumer adding haptics into clothing. But these these companies, a common one is some kind of vest, or if you think of like a GoPro chest mount strap system, something like that, where the camera is pointing forwards and then you've got haptics built into the vest or the the strap system where you know, if, if you need to go to the right, it'll vibrate on the right. And they're like, this is going to replace the white cane and, or the guide dog. And I'm like, okay, I love, I love that. You're kind of trying to come up with new stuff. That's fantastic. But let's think about it logically here. All right. If I'm sitting at a restaurant and I'm a cane user, I'm a mobility cane user, and I need to get up to go to the bathroom, you know, which is going to be easier for me to pop open my cane, go to the bathroom, come back, fold it up or put on my vest, put on my strap, <laughs> click it, you know, turn it on um, and then go to the path. And then it's like, okay, even if you put that aside, I live in America. We are like the fattest country in the world. No offense, Americans, but we are. <laughs> are you going to make this vest thing to fit everybody? You know, what about uh, ladies with, with large bosom? you know, area. And then it's like, are they going to want to sit there and put it on every time they just want to get up and go somewhere? You know, I, like I said, I, I love new technology and all that, but some of these things, it's like, I don't think there's a need for it right there. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's just why the smartphone is so doing so well as far as like apps, because it's convenient and everyone has one and it's mm-hmm. just the entry level is so free to everyone. Is that potentially the reason? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It, it's the hardware is already there, so the the company doesn't have to deal with that. They it has a ton of technology in there, sensors and cameras and gyroscopes and and all of that, barometers. I mean, it's got everything you could possibly need that you would you could work with. I mean, I'm doing a uh, I'm going to be doing an evaluation soon for a company that's that's going to be using the lidar in the latest generation of i devices, iPhones and iPads for obstacle detection and all of that. Even there's an app called Clue, um, C-L-E-W, that uses the camera for navigation. It um, It's actually pretty cool. It uh, You go to your destination, once again, using the restaurant example. If I wanted to go to the bathroom, I would go to the bathroom and I would record my route using the camera on the phone just holding it in front of me. And then coming back, it uses that data and and uses the camera and all that to accurately guide me back to my original starting point. And it's really pretty accurate. I was pretty impressed at how accurate it was. I mean, even zigzagging, you know, if you need to go around the table or something like that, it'll, it'll very accurately walk you back. Um, But the cool thing is you can also set up their, their, planning on setting up predefined routes that people can load in, you know? So if I'm going to, I'm going to LAX airport, I can load up the LAX routes, you know, and if I need to go to the ticket booth from the front door, I can load up that route and it'll automatically take me, even though I've never done that already myself. You know, if you're planning your own route, if we take the restaurant example and you kind of get lost along the way, you know, when you come back, does it also take you on that slight detour? Yeah, because it sets up it sets up pins along the way at like, um, you know, if I'm going straight and then I turn a little bit, veer a little bit to the right, it'll put a pin there and then the new um, it'll start a new waypoint, I guess. 
And um, so if you do, and that's, that's actually a very good question because when I was talking to the developers, I said, well, what happens if I go to the rest restroom and then I come back and all of a sudden there's a guy loading plates onto a table, you know, in my, in my path and I need to go around them. And they said, yeah, you go off the path and it will just lead you back to the next um, available pin or waypoint. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes entire sense. That, that sounds good. And my first thought went to, oh, downhill slalom. Right, you won't need a, a guide anymore. <laughs> just do it once. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then yeah, you saw it. Like, like the applications for this, like as far as sort of other things, including sport, would be incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was thinking, you know, if I went to a concert and in, a, in an arena and I needed to go to the bathroom, if I had someone show me where the bathroom was just once, I could find my way back to my seat. And then if I needed to go back to the bathroom again later on, I could go by myself, uh, just following the little guide, little waypoints. I mean, that that is the, the quandary of all people with night blindness or very low sight. It's... Uh. Having a drink and then needing the bathroom is like, oh, I don't want to keep asking people. <laughs> I'm going to wind someone up in a minute. Yeah, it'd be interesting to test it out if you were if you were slightly intoxicated. Like, <laughs> how well does it work? <laughs> that something like that seems like it has good commercial use outside of the the niche of blind and visually impaired people. Is there anything that you've come across recently that has that sort of similar quality? Because I always find if it's got if it's got bigger commercial use, then it tends to be cheaper as well. I mean, there's a ton of apps like that, or not apps, but uh, I guess navigational apps or services. I was just at CSUN in uh, California, the Assistive Technology Conference, and there was a company there called Good Maps. Yes, and they do indoor mapping. I've heard of those. Yeah, yeah. Which it's funny. I was talking to the lady and um, kind of getting the, the the lowdown of what they do, and I totally recognized her accent. And I said, I said, and I'm sorry, where are you from? And she's she's like, well, we're in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm in. I'm not gonna say where I am, but I'm I'm yeah. really close to Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about an hour away from Louisville. I'm like, I thought your accent sounded very familiar, and um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go visit them sometime and check out their headquarters and stuff. But yeah, it it does indoor mapping. It does. Um, they have a person go through these spaces with a like this fancy backpack. The lady said it was very similar to like a Ghostbusters backpack, and. Nice. Yeah. And it uses LIDAR, I believe, and all the other sensors and it maps out the interior space. And then, so you, as the user, you go into there and you pull up the good maps app and I believe it's free. I think it's all free. Um, it's free to the user. I think the, the, the location has to pay a, a fee for this service, but you then can use the the map mapping data that they did to navigate around and it will you know if it's 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 kind of this one is more you know you just kind of wander and it says restroom you know 30 20 meters on your left that sort of thing but you know for convention halls airports sporting events could be very helpful as well absolutely and i think like these are saying like it just with these apps and things, because they're so commercially available, I think the accessibility, like being accessible to everyone is such an important thing with a lot of this tech. As you know, Sam, some tech is very expensive, but I suppose like sort of leading on from that, if we, we go like the other side of the spectrum of like the, the less accessible stuff, like do you see a time where some of these companies will have to drop 
their prices and it is supply and demand right ultimately but when you do see a piece of kit for five thousand dollars and you think oh well is the smartphone just going to outdo this with a matter of time yeah absolutely and i mean we've seen it already um eSight is a is a perfect example you know when it first came out it was fifteen thousand dollars wow for a pair of glasses and they didn't have any type of return policy. So, and a trial period or anything, you were stuck. If you bought those, you were stuck. And I, I saw a ton of people on Facebook, like trying to sell their e-site because they got them all excited about it. They got them and it didn't work. And e-site kind of gets into a whole nother area where the, the community at large wasn't too happy with them because of their marketing and um, their promises you know, at one point their their slogan was bringing sight to the blind. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know, it's like, um, no, I'm not really. <laughs> um, you're enhancing low vision, you know, at the yeah. best. And then on top of that, you know, they and then going on all these these shows, you know, like um Dr. Phil and stuff, and and boyfriend sees his girlfriend for the first time. It's like, no, he could see her before, he just couldn't see her well, you know. It's yeah. like um, now they're broken so, up. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they now? <laughs> so they had all these these promises, and then people paid all this money, and then it didn't work, and they were kind of stuck. But um, I think because of that, because they're like, "Well, we're not selling any," they've dropped the price down tremendously. I mean, now I think it's around six thousand or five thousand, something like that. And they have a return policy and a trial period. Now you can you know you pay five hundred dollars and you get it for two weeks. So. It's definitely has affected some people, the pricing structure of assistive technology. And I've, you know, I understand the pricing. I, I've made a whole video. I, sh- I will mention also that this is the number one comment I get on my videos. Bar none, hands down, this is the number one comment is, is why are these so expensive? You know, for this group of people that can't afford these devices, why do they have to cost so much? And I made a whole video about assistive technology and the excessive or in the um, economics of assistive technology and why it's so expensive just to try and help explain it to people. But I think at some point there's, yes, they have to kind of come down. Obviously they want to, I don't think the companies want to sell products. So it's not like they want to price themselves out of the market. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they have to make money. They have to, you know, make money to put back into the company to f- fund the future, re- um, you know, um, research and development of the products and updates and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, also the smartphone is fantastic because it's existing hardware, like I said. And that's, that's one reason why eSight kind of, why it was so expensive is they started from the ground up. They created the hardware, the software, everything. So, you know, they had to pay for all that. That's why some of these companies that are using existing hardware, like Iris Vision, Patriot Viewpoint, they're using Samsung phones and Samsung headsets to keep the cost down. It's still crazy expensive at like $3,000 or $2,500, but still smartphones are fantastic. But at the same time, and I tell this to my my people I work with, my consumers and my clients, a smartphone can do digital magnification, can do it pretty well but it's not going to do it as well as a digital magnifier that was built specifically for that job will do it. Smartphones do a lot of different things really well, but they don't do anything perfectly. Yeah, and I, I've experienced that. I use a, an app, and there are some times where it just, I'm, I'm grateful for it, 
but at the same, mm-hmm. same time, there's times where I'm just like, uh, this isn't really working. It's usually a contrast issue. Nine times out of ten, it's like, but I blame companies for that. Don't put black writing on the red, dark red packaging. Like, <laughs> who, who's that for? <laughs> yeah. Do you think generally the convenience of a smartphone outweighs the cost of something more that does the job better? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's was a point I was going to make as well. Is it goes back against uh, again to your um, budget, you know, if, if, if you can't afford a uh, $1,100 digital magnifier and you've already got a smartphone, then yeah, the smartphone is going to be great. It's, it's going to get the job done. Um, it's, it will be frustrating, frustrating at times for me, it's usually the focus. It does that focus breathing where it'll just go in and out of focus when you're trying to read something and, you know, some apps you can lock off the focus and that helps. But, um, but yeah, if, if you, you already have a smartphone, I say go for it. In fact, I've made a, several videos on DIY digital magnifiers, just using your phone or a tablet and sending that signal to a large television or a large monitor and saving some money that way. I don't, I mean, I don't want to keep you too long, Sam. Um, lastly, is there anything that, let's say, came out last year that you, that's really caught your eye that you think is is really good? Well, you know, since the technology, it's very, very goal dependent. You know, one thing you use for this goal and and you might use something different for this, for reading, for watching television, for mobility, all of that. So it's hard to say, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the wearables. I use them quite often and they're very helpful for a lot of people. OrCam is killing it when it comes to OCR. I think they're the best in the game, uh, reading text out loud and accurately and all of that. I love my little OmniSense cane tip, the little rolling cane tip. That guy is fantastic and I use them every single day. Then the other thing though, just even on the consumer side, consumer electronics side, I, I recently did a video about the Sony a7 IV camera being one of the first cameras to have a built-in screen reader. And I was blown away when I saw that on the camera. I was just, I just needed to upgrade my camera. And so I got this new camera because it's one of the new ones and it's really has a ton of really awesome features that I was looking forward to. Had no idea I had a screen reader. And then going through the the settings the first night, I see accessibility and I'm like, oh, and I, <laughs> I click on it. And like, I was just blown away. And just thinking about how this is going to open up so much for our community. Cameras, professional and consumer grade, cons- or prosumer, I guess is what they call them. Removable or in- interchangeable lens cameras have pretty been much been inaccessible to the blind until now, now that we have a screen reader, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And so I was so excited about it. Every barrier has been pulled down one way or another. Well, Sam, it's been awesome to have you. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you guys for having me on. And and yeah, I'd, I'd love to come back. No problems. I'd be happy to. It's awesome. Amazing. Thanks very much, man. I appreciate it. Do you want to just tell us where you can find it? Yeah. So everybody, of course, can find me on YouTube, the The Blind Life. It, the URL is youtube.com slash The Blind Life. You can check me out on all the other social medias. It's usually The Blind Life Sam on like Facebook and Twitter. TikTok, it's The Hyphen Blind Hyphen Life. And then my website, theblindlife.net. Fantastic. Awesome. And we'll put all of these in the show notes, of course, so people can go down there on your respective app. And you can find all the links down there. And we're back. Yes, we are. I'm not saying it this time because normally you do it. Did really enjoy that episode. It was awesome, really, to speak to Sam. 
genuinely interesting as well. And we went down the route of chatting about things that he might not necessarily chat about all that much. Sort of going into a little Chats bit more. Chats for a living, mate. Yeah, but now you have all of those key questions in one delicious place. And as he mentioned, you can find him on all of the links. Please go do check out that channel. It really is awesome, especially if you're interested in tech. That is a way forward. Tips. Yep, tips and tricks. Like you never know what's going to be on there, and I picked up a lot of things on there, like apps and various things, which I think I use daily now. So go and have a look. And until next week, keep it balanced. Great line. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Seesaw Pod, Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and YouTube at Seesaw Podcast. You can also email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. Like, rate, review, subscribe, and then you can also find us on TikTok, but get us on all the other places. was recorded in front of a blind audience. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.